Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified four victims. Killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. <laughs> Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, Gabby. And we are here live breaking it down on this Sunday, late night, giving a quick uh, story about an NBA player that some of us may know, some of us may not know. But before we get into that, I want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can follow us on our Facebook page and our Instagram page. Just type in the Grinding True Crime Podcast. And there you can follow us and leave a comment and and, uh, stay in touch with us. And also, if you want to listen to us on your radio, you can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, all those good sources for your good podcast streams. You can listen to us there. For all the, the people that listen to us internationally, we welcome you back. And for all of our people who listen to us locally, welcome. And for our newcomers, I'm glad you stumbled upon us. So let that get out the way. I'm going to let Todd break down this story about an NBA player. And I'll let him do all the talking. So Todd, take it away. <laughs> Appreciate it, Matt. <clears throat> Thanks for the good setup there. <clears throat> um, this is our second NBA player that we uh, that we did um so this will be this will be a uh, another tragic story, however. So buckle your safety belts on this one because this one has quite the few twists and turns. Twists, twists. Yes. What's with the sports people? Get hey it. man, sports people got issues. Yeah, they they uh, crime seems to follow them or they follow it. One of the two. That's right. Because the first <laughs> one we did was uh, uh, Bison, right, from the Chicago Bulls and Detroit Pistons, right? Yes, Bison Daily. Uh, yeah, the tragedy. If you guys haven't had a chance to listen to that. Check that episode out. That's pretty crazy too. So, yeah, no, no spoilers yeah. on that one. But uh, that's right. Yeah. So this is Lorenzen Vern Gagne Wright. Um, didn't know. I didn't know his whole name. Yeah, that's his whole name. <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't think it'd be a Gagne in there, but it was. Um, <laughs> he was born October fourth, uh, nineteen seventy-five, in Oxford, Mississippi. Where he, li- <clears throat> where he lived till 1993, his senior year in high school, where he moved to Memphis, Tennessee. So when I lived in Memphis from 2007 to 2010, this story li- has some pretty close ties for me, too, because when I lived in that area, um, Oxford's pretty damn close. It's, it's not that far from Memphis. And Memphis, mm-hmm. I lived in Me- uh, just outside Memphis in Germantown, where a lot of this, pla- uh, this, this thing takes place. So Ooh. yeah, it's pretty pretty so, so close. It's, so it's it's pretty similar, but not similar, but it, it kind of close hit hits you in a way because you're close to it. Yeah, because I know that area. It's, it was a background I knew for a good three years, and where some of it uh, happens is literally blocks from where I used to live. Like literally, wow. bl- like like within five minutes, I, I could walk to where it happened. Oh dang! Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <clears throat> so we'll get into all that, but um. Let me do a little bit of his high school and, and collegiate, um, you know, numbers and as well as NBA stuff. We'll get into a little bit of his early life. Uh, so in Memphis, he uh, when he moved there, he led Booker High School to a state championship. Um, he uh, him and his father played basketball. His father taught him how to play growing up and, and really got him into uh, being in high school and being dominant, teaching him the ropes because he played uh, basketball, too. His father played for uh, Herb Wright played for the Utah Jazz in the early 70s but um, never oh, wow. yeah but he never really took off with them so he played overseas and then um, his basketball career didn't work out so he came back to Memphis when he was younger and became a police officer but uh, <clears throat> during a um, armed robbery he was shot and paralyzed so Ooh. yeah so his father was paralyzed uh, at a certain time in, in uh, Lorenzen's uh, life in high school to where 
he was not able to uh, mentor him anymore as basketball uh, coach or anything, but he was always there by his dad's side, and his dad came to watch him in a wheelchair, basically. Dang. Yeah, so that was kind of messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he flourished where his, uh, you know, where his father couldn't take over. Uh, you know, a fellow fellow coaches in the league started to watch him, scouts, and he got a, a lot of uh, attention from other colleges, big name colleges from uh, UCLA to Kentucky, um, but he chose to stay home where he where his heart is because he would talk to his mom every day, didn't want to be far from her, didn't want to be far from his father. He was a family guy, so he, cho- mm-hmm. he chose to play for the Memphis Tigers, which is a college right in the heart of downtown Memphis. Mm. So it's basically about 20, 30 minutes from his house. That's it. <clears throat> um, there he played three years, and he took the team to two NCAA tournaments, one Sweet 16 appearance. Oh, nice. So that's pretty good. Yes, it is. Um, his pr- professional career will blaze through it real quick. He was drafted seventh overall by, can you guess who, in 1996? Uh, I think I know the answer. It was the Clippers. Bingo. Bingo. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby's like, who? <laughs> like, Clippers? <laughs> is that a barbershop? No, it's not. Right? <laughs> <laughs> They're the little brothers of the Lakers. Yeah, nobody really knows, like, what, you know, unless you're from the Minnesota area, what a Laker is. It's that ship that breaks up the ice. But most L.A. fans yeah. don't know that. And then a Clipper, people are like, what is that? You know what I mean? Like, is it scissors or, you know, no, it's another ship. That thing you're cutting your hair on. And <laughs> <laughs> both teams, the logos doesn't does, don't expe- uh, explain what they really are. So it's pretty funny. Exactly. Um, so he played three years in, in L.A., 25 minutes a game, eight points a game. Uh, so it was he was decent, but he got traded to Atlanta. He played two seasons there, averaging 13 points, 10 rebounds a game, almost a double-double. Yeah, that's good points. Yeah, he was good. Um, he became a free agent in 2001, and here's where he cashed in. After those two good years in Atlanta, he signed a $64 million contract with the Memphis Grizzlies. He came home to play next to his family again. And which would, which would be a great time in his life. Yes. So he was now home with his friends and family, and most importantly, his mom. Uh, his first four years, he maintained good numbers there and uh, blocking shots, including a couple playoff runs. And, uh, he, you know, he, got, he started to turn into a good player. However, in 2005, his numbers dropped off. 2006, he was injured a lot. And 2007, he was just waved out of the league. He, went to, he got traded to Sacramento. Sacramento said, you're done. So um, he was cut and he retired after 13 seasons. Man. So Lorenzen, despite all this, was a superstar in the community. He was a hometown hero. Lorenzo had parties for friends and family at his big house in Memphis, the Germantown area, the city I lived in. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Did you go there? (laughs) I knew where his house was. I knew where his house was. Really? Yeah, because he was famous when I was over there, dude. Uh, he was playing with the Grizz at the time. Um, he gave back to the community through several agencies and youth organizations. So so on the court, he was a beast, but off the court, he was a saint. He would sign autographs for anybody who would ask. He, was, he played basketball with the kids in the neighborhood. He was just a real nice guy. <clears throat> so let's talk about his wife, who he met in high school, by the name uh, Shara. Her dad was his uh, was his coach for the summer league team before he um, in in high school, before he got drafted or, or um, signed on to college. Mm. Uh, all his friends liked her, and they were jealous of him because, uh, or or uh, yeah, they were jealous of him because they liked her and they couldn't you know he was too nice of a guy to be with a girl like her. She was super mm. attractive, mocha color skin. So he had he had uh, some women jealous because they wanted to be with him, and then she he had the guys jealous because they're like, man, how would he snag her? You know what I mean? Yeah. And here's here's the other reason why they were jealous of him. Can you guess why? Well, I mean, he had money and he was tall. Well, this is before this is when he was in high school. Oh, this was in his high school. Yeah, I'm going uh, backwards here. Yeah, see, I didn't know about this story. So uh, let me see. Uh, he had his own car already. Nope. What do you think, Cabby? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, 
I'm gonna guess because he was probably ugly and he got good chicks. No, but he was he was a decent looking guy. But the the reason another reason why the guys were jealous of him and and the girls too because he was still in high school at this point as a senior and she was a junior in college. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. she yeah. was older than him. Yeah, she was a few years older than him. Mm. So um, he this boosted his ego. So he was twiddling his leg like crazy. He, wow. He thought he was hot well, stuff. He, well, you know what? If you were in a high school and you dating somebody in college, so yeah. He was the minor. Hey, man, this is yep. Memphis we're talking yep. about. Okay, this is South. <laughs> yeah, if it's the other way around, we're like, oh, man, that's terrible. That guy's a jerk. You know, he's taking advantage of a minor like that. But since it's a guy with a female that's older, we're all, Nice. What they say? What they say on that South Park shot? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Nice. Well, you can tell he was, he was pretty tall. You know, he, yeah, he, he, he could, looked all right. He could pass for twenty. He could pass for twenty. <laughs> but in the words of South Park, nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so everything was <laughs> nice. What's what's that, Gabby? Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> So um, once he got to college and it was more apparent that he was going to be headed to the NBA, uh, more and more. Oh, be, oh, okay. You said beheaded. Oh, gotcha. yeah. Once he was headed there. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, so once he, he, he was headed to the NBA, she became controlling. So <clears throat> at first she was cool with the family. The family always had this little background on her like, dude, I think she's a gold digger. And uh um, yeah, so so his his family was starting to chirp at him, telling him, "Hey, you know, watch out for her," you know. And um, she began to just dictate to him instead instead of him listening to his mom for advice, he started just shutting her out and listening to Shara. Yeah, and they were warning him, saying, "Hey, you know what? She's just gonna tie you down. You know, she's going for your money." He kept saying no, kept saying no. So, what do you think happened? Do you think the family was right, or was Lorenzen's heart right? What do you think, Ray? Mm. Um, heartbreak. Heartbreak. Yes. So you think his heart? Listening to his heart. Yeah. Was right. Okay. I kind of know this part, but I'm gonna take it out on the limb and say that his family was right. Yeah, his family was right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They... <laughs> His friends and family thought he that they were that she was using him as a ticket to get rich. And um mm. they 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 were warning him to watch it, don't get her pregnant. So, what did he do? He got her pregnant. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Keep it out. No, he couldn't. And uh we'll we'll see that he has trouble with that. Um, she eventually got pregnant while she was still in college in her senior year okay. with Lorenzo. Okay. Yeah. With Lorenzo jr. Being born, uh, uh, to the two, uh, and then they, they wound up and then to the dismay of the family, they wound up getting married after uh, junior was born and junior being, what? yeah. Junior being born was the same day he was drafted by the Clippers. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, he, Lorenzo jr. Was born then. Um, where once again she became she became pregnant like just a couple months later after having Junior. So Good Lord, don't they need a couple of months to heal? <laughs> I mean, the ink is still wet on the contract, and she's pregnant again. Wow. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. How how long after? Two months after. Two months. Dang, mm-hmm. girl. Jesus, she, yeah. she's supposed to wait six weeks to just recover from that one. <laughs> no, he's like, babe, we're getting it in. <laughs> he was like, I'm, I'm good at getting it in the paint <laughs> or taking it to the hole. Oh, see, basketball references. There for, you go. It's a basketball reference, like them. Yeah, for all those outside the country, they're all, huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it, wow. See that part, I didn't know. It's basically a goal if you're watching soccer. If you're a soccer fan, it's a goal, you know. Exactly, like exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. Dang. So back to back kids. Okay. Yep. So within five years, 
He would go on to have, get this, a baby girl and a set of twins and two more daughters. Then one year and a half later, he has his seventh baby, but she dies of sudden infant death disorder. Dang. Yeah. That's scary. I think all parents get nervous when they have a baby and that happens. Dang, that sucks. That's just sort of like a product of them just forgetting to breathe. Basically, it's it's a terrible thing to to go through losing a kid kid like that, you know. Yeah, man. Um, Dang. So, so, so in total, they have six right now, right? Yes, yes. Dang. So, um, when this happened, uh, you know, obviously Lorenzo and Shara were devastated. This brought a lot of feuding to to both of them, and um, they still, despite that, they 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 tried to keep the family together, and they were. You know, the marriage between the two was somewhat rocky, but okay. But as far as the finances went, she loved buying jewelry, cars, and traveling, including buying two additional houses the family just did not need. She, You know, they already had the big house in Germantown. <clears throat> so they bought, oh. yeah, they bought two other houses. Um, how, how was the price of the houses back then, like where, where you was at? Was it pretty cheap or? Yeah, because before I was going to, before I got divorced, we were in escrow for, with a house, and uh, me and the girl's mom, and um, we were going to get a brand new freaking house on a half acre land for about two hundred thirty-two thousand dollars, and it was five bedrooms, one bonus room, dude. Dang. Yes. So, so a house like Say that's no like more. over. A house like that <laughs> over here is like a million dollars, dude, at least. Right. Yep. Everywhere else, houses are not like California. Exactly. California is the worst. Like if if you guys are listening overseas or in another country, don't buy the 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 California dreaming type deal. You know, go somewhere in the Midwest if you if you desperately <laughs> want to go to the United States because California is too expensive, man. It sucks. Go to Texas, Arizona. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. It is way South Dakota. Oh yeah. I was saying if you want to be close to Cali, still like go to the surrounding states. Oh yeah, yeah. Nevada. Yeah. Yeah, it's much cheaper there. Well, although it's getting expensive in Vegas, which I never thought I'd say that. Yeah. It is going up, but if you're in the outskirts, you're still good. Yeah, if you can take the heat, you're okay. <laughs> hey, it's better than humidity. That mm-hmm. makes me think twice about ever wanting to go to Texas. That is true. true. Texas is like sweating nasty all the time. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happened next time? So what, <laughs> I know, we're all talking about weather. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like 56 and uh, a low of 37 tomorrow. And, no, just kidding. <laughs> They're like, wait, what happened to the hell we're buying two houses? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, the prices were good for homes over there. <clears throat> okay. But, uh, however, at this time, as much as he was a family man, the NBA star had a lot of temptations, not just uh, not just drugs or alcohol. But wi- but women, oh, and on the road at this time when he's still playing basketball, the women were everywhere, and they loved him because he was six ten, he was a cut guy, good looking, and he was very charismatic. So, Lorenzo, a player on and off the court, was was different obviously, but he would already have some women waiting for him on, on visiting hotels when he good would Lord. when he would travel with the team. What is it about tall men? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> but literally, this guy had the pick of the litter every time he went to a different NBA city. Hey, man. You know, you got it, you got it. I guess so. And he had it. So yeah. so what do you guys think destroyed this uh, marriage? Because obviously, well, it, it hit the crapper. Well, I take it that it's one of the women that he was messing with destroyed the marriage. What do you think, Gabby? I don't think so, because even if he was messing with women, she had it good with his money, so I'm going to guess that he finally got sick of all her spending. Mm, you guys are both wrong. Uh, which, what? Yeah, because this one's a twist. If you got this one, oh. this would be good. Here's the twist. Here's here's the first twist. Um, so it wasn't her keep catching him cheating. He caught her cheating. Wow. So, again, it's one of those misogynistic... Like, hey, it's, it's okay for me, but it's not okay for you type deal. Uh-oh, here we go. So what happened was there, he started to hear rumors 
that she was sleeping around with local guys in the area, including people that he knew. And Ooh. so he set up some cameras and caught her in the act. Ooh. Yeah. So that's wrong, though. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I mean, yeah, neither one of them should have been doing that. But true. If you're gonna do it, how are you gonna go and just pin it on the other person doing it when you know what you're up to? Like, I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. Now, but there's a line that was crossed, and Todd knows it. <laughs> what? He's taking care of her finances. No, 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 no. That, that, no, they both were in the wrong. But she crossed the line, and I'm gonna tell you why. You know why, Todd? Explain. She messed around with somebody that he knew. Yep. You crossed the line. But who says she didn't know the people he messed around with? He clearly was on the road. He was probably messing around with somebody in Chicago. He ain't gonna see her again. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> to mess around with somebody, one of his boys. Ooh. Yeah, you messed up on that one. I'm like I said, I'm not condoning both of them. They both were in the wrong. But sorry, but that was he line. was probably neglecting the woman by being gone all the time and messing around with other girls. So like he, I, he's responsible regardless. Regardless, you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> all I'm saying was. Todd, you know what's up. Yeah, and I look at it this way too. I'm sorry, Gabby, but I have to I have to vote with Matt on this one because she's got 64 million reasons to uh, stay faithful to him. <laughs> I'm just saying. And I know that sounds wrong, but I want to say the word. And the and the bro ain't one. Exactly. I'm just saying. Okay, like that's like okay. If you're cheating, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. They both were wrong. But there was a line that she crossed by having sex with his boy. Okay, I think if she hadn't done it with his boy, though, he still would have given her the boot. Oh yeah, probably so. But then that and that would have been wrong because he was doing the same thing. So I, I think that's all. That's I, all I have to say. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying like the, I'm agreeing with Matt as far as like he broke or she broke that code. Like if she would have kept it like with just promiscuous people he had no idea about. Mm-hmm. Then then it would have been I think easier for him to swallow the you know, no pun intended, but just. Yeah be able to to deal oh, i still think <laughs> i still think she's uh both of them are wrong i agree with matt they're both wrong and they both deserve to to get the the brunt of whatever came to them but as far as like i'm not not uh physical or anything but like getting divorced but i do i do think yeah when, when she's sleeping with his homies or stuff like that oof, yeah that makes it that makes it more um what do you call it uh personal yeah mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah but, uh, it's more deliberate. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, how much can you possibly care when you don't care enough to be faithful yourself? Like right? I said. Now, like see, I that's, said, that's true, too. That's true, yeah. too. Like, your boy or not, your boy. Like, can you really care that much if you've been cheating on her for who knows how long? Agree. That's but there's just still a line. That's that gray it's area, though. Ego, Bo- both areas. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Definitely. See? Oh. It's, it's, you got. We all have good arguments right there. That's good. There we go. I like that. <laughs> what do you guys think, audience? If you're listening, you, yeah, you, leave a comment. It's in the comment. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after things eventually came out, this actually got pretty toxic and violent to where they were putting hand, hands on each other. Oh. So the two filed for divorce in February t- uh, in February of 2010, including restraining orders. Uh-oh. Uh oh. It appeared to be that the two had compromised and. Uh, you know, just a little bit later on, uh, a little bit with the kids because they were able to um, share the time without having a court order. And uh, at least with the kids going back and forth to each other, um, there, there wasn't that big of a deal or wasn't a problem. So at this time, he moved to Atlanta where he shared a condo with a friend and he would share the kids. They'd fly him out there whatnot. And they kept in touch. And uh, the two actually... Um, you know, we're, we're pretty friendly with each other. So in mid 2010, they began to have sex again. Well, there you have it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, there you have it. So she, she she would fly out there to see him or they would just have like conical visits or uh, uh, what, 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 what are we talking about? A little bit of everything. So when she'd come out there with the kids or whatever, and they'd visit, you know, they'd have their little hoo-ha time. And then when he'd come out there to see them, um, they'd have their hoo-ha time. So (laughs) they got their little hoo-hoo. Yeah. (laughs) Wet whistles and all, man. 
Well, it is ATL. For those who've been to ATL, man, it's, it's crazy over there. Sure is. So, I believe it. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> um, so this is July 8th now. Fast forwarding to July 8th of 2010. <clears throat> okay. And here we go with a date. Shara would call him and to come back into a town to uh, a recital for their oldest daughter at school. She had a dance recital and she didn't want Lorenzen to miss it. So he shows up that evening, flies in, um, but he says, hey, I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'll be, you know, the night before I'm going to be out. You know, and she's like, don't stay out too late. I don't want you out late at night, blah, blah, blah. And they kind of hear him arguing with her. And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. I'll be in town. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to screw things up. I'm not going to stay out. I'm just showing my boys my new ride. I got this, this, and that. Okay. So um, he goes out with his friends. They hang out. They have some, they're, they're doing some partying. They're drinking. And then it's about like 8.15. <clears throat> and um, his friend gets a call, or he gets a call. And he's like, dude, Cheryl wants me at the house. I had a little too much to drink. Do you mind dropping me off? And you could just drop my truck off in the morning because he had this like brand new Suburban. And uh, his friend's like, yeah, for sure. I'll drop you off with Shara. And then um, I'll take your car tomorrow and sometime in the afternoon. So his friends are kind of bummed out that they have to, you know, call it a night or that he has to call it a night. And they're in downtown Memphis. He's a celebrity, you know, like everyone wants to hang out with him. So it's kind of killed the moment. But his friend's like, dude, I got you. I'll drop you off. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so again, going back to where he lives, his house is in Germantown where Cher is staying with the kids. And uh, and that's like the same city I was in, mere like it was probably six blocks from my house where I was at. So at the she time. kept the house and he's sharing a condo? That don't make sense. Yeah, he was in, he's in a condo in Atlanta, but when he comes back to Memphis, he, he stays at, I forgot to mention, they have like three houses, so he'll stay at one of the okay. other houses, but the main big house is in right there in Germantown. Wow. Yep. So, um, fast forward to t- about 10 p.m. Um, it's uh, it's about you know there's a there's a phone call that comes in, and all you hear to uh, 911 is is hello, and th- and then and then no 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 pop 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 pop, and the phone goes dead. Mm-hmm. So, the um. What do you think happens when the 911 operator hears that phone call? What do you think, babe? He called? Well, I can't tell you that yet, but... There was, just a, there was a voice that came on the... It didn't say their name, and then you just heard, No, 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 and pop, 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 pop. I'm going to guess she called, and she killed him. No, I'm, no, I'm saying, like... What do you think the operator did? Nine one one operator. What do you think the operator did? Oh, hung up. <laughs> she might as well. <laughs> what do you, What do you think, Matt? I know the answer. Okay, so you don't want to say it. I don't want to say. Okay, so Gabby was right. Um, they the dispatcher hung up and did absolutely nothing. Now, if you hear gunshots, you're going to trace where that phone call last was. Send somebody out to investigate that's protocol Mm -hmm. the dispatcher did none of that so um yeah the uh a missing persons report was filed on uh lorenzen just uh two days later when he missed the recital when he didn't call his mom for a couple days and um you know the mom called the the sister called they all called into the police station pursuing this where's my son where's lorenzen He's a basketball player. Was he kidnapped? Did something happen to him? No one knew about the phone call. No one knew about that at all. So, wow. Yeah. So what happened was the the police told the mom at first, well, you know what? He's a basketball player. These guys tend to like just have fun and blow their monies. They wind up at, like in an exotic uh, country or island or they go to Vegas. They just want to get off the grid. And the mom said he would never neglect his kids. He would never neglect me. He would have told me if he was going to do something outrageous like this. This is not in his personality. Mm -hmm. So three or four more days go by. Finally, the police began to take it seriously. Uh, They would be going. They would look into his finances and see that over the years, 55 million of his 64 million dollars was gone. 
Ooh. Yes. Um, Ding. The only money he had coming in was that he owned a couple side businesses. He owned a uh, cafe in downtown and a car dealership. And that's it. Dang. And uh, at this time, the police saw that he, he was friends with a legendary cocaine dealer by the name of Bobby Cole, who was uh, who resided in Memphis and dealt drugs to basically all of the Mid-South. So... And he and he liked cars, and Lorenzo had a lot of cars, and Lorenzo had sold three cars to him over the years too. So, the ATF, the Alcohol, uh, Tobacco, and Firearms Bureau, was investigating Bobby, and they already knew he was friends with Lorenzo. So the mm-hmm. F, the FBI and the police began to work with them, thinking that maybe Bobby had something to do with it, and maybe that they had a drug deal that went wrong, and Lorenzo was did in you know what i mean mm-hmm. so um cheryl would back this up and say that the they'd that she'd seen bobby come to the house several times dropping off or picking up paper bags that she didn't know you know brown paper bags could have been filled with drugs Dang. and she said that they were leaving with uh several black guys in suburbans at times so the rumors of drugs began to hit the news it was a big story in all of mississippi and Memphis and Tennessee area because you know now it looked like it was a drug thing and Lorenzo mm-hmm. Lorenzo had a sparkling clean reputation until this started coming out so um he was so oh go ahead oh no I was just I was thinking something now <laughs> okay <laughs> so so at this time he hadn't been seen for a week and friends and family yeah. couldn't find him his fa- his friends uh, remember uh, before he left, uh, Shara had called them, or called him and said for him to come to the house. So his friends started to go to the police and say, "Hey, you know, Shara was a, was literally the last person that should have seen him. You guys should look into her." And um, you know now because of you know he was missing in that area or he was seen last in Germantown. A um, one, again, this is a story where. Usually the police are bumbling idiots, right? This, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I, never and I want to do a, a Mid-South accent for a bumbling idiot cop, but I can't. <laughs> because, Why not, Doc? Because <laughs> there's actually a smart cop in Memphis. What? I'll, what? Still, I'll still do German? his... No, he's not German. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'll still give him a Mid-South accent, though. I'll... Uh, or at least down south. He he basically came out and he said, uh, Hey, um, did you guys happen to check any of these 911 calls that we don't have any names or any kind of information on? Like, maybe someone made a phone call out there in Germantown, and maybe there's an answer there. What's his name, Todd? I don't even know. I'm just going to call him Billy Bob. <laughs> so, so, so Billy Bob started to review some of the 911 calls. Okay. And he heard one that, that literally, you know, he heard someone say, no, no, stop, pop, 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 pop. And he realized there's no notes. There's no information on this phone call. There's nothing. Like, why wasn't there anybody following up on this? So That dispatcher probably got fired. Oh, guess what? She, what? Didn't, she didn't get fired. Wow. Not, not even reprimanded. Wow. She's there to do her freaking job. Like, Yep. Because who knows what would have happened, as you'll find out right here. So the police officer decided, hey, you know what? We're going to go and we're going to try to trace this call, see where it's at. You know, where was this phone call made? So a day, it took him a day to finally trace the damn phone call, 2010 technology. Mm-hmm. And um, once they realized where it was, guess where it was? I literally looked it up on the map, bro. There is a little access road that went behind the house that we lived in in Memphis, Tennessee, and it's basically 400 yards that phone call was made from my house. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Dang. 400 God, yards. You have something to confess. No, no, I don't actually. Did you no. hear the shots? <laughs> no, no. What happened was this was a couple months after we had left, though. But oh. Had, had we still been there, because it was the same year we were there till. You know, we, w- we would have been right there. Wow. 
Yeah. Dude, if you would have still been there, I guarantee you, they would have found out within a day. Yeah. Because Todd, the detective, would have been like, that's gunshots. Honey, get the car. Yeah, we're going to go investigate. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yep, yep. So um, That's crazy. It is crazy, man. Like, I, I, I saw a house on the Google Maps right there. It was, it was crazy because back there, it's a wooded area. And mm-hmm. I, I used to drive that back road to show the girls at nighttime fireflies because they'd never seen fireflies before. So in, yeah. in summertime, the fireflies would come out at, at late at night. So I'd take them out there. We'd sometimes see deer. Um, I even saw a wolf one time. So, oh, is yep. this when you were married before then? Yeah, yeah. This was in 2010. Oh, okay. And you know what? Yeah, because I know a little bit of the story. I seen that on uh, on that uh, on the video. Mm-hmm. That wooded area. So I wow, it's crazy that you were like literally 400 yards away from there. It was just right there, dude. It's crazy. So wow. so on uh, July 20th, uh, investigators went back there, and it didn't take them long. They went into the wooded area and just offside the uh, the uh, the uh, back roads right there. Ten days, uh, they found a body. Ten Ooh. days. Yeah, it was two already decomposed. And, and think about this, guys. This guy was six ten, maybe two fifty, and um, solid muscle. But a body being out in the open for ten days in the humidity and heat of Memphis. The. His body, when they, when they were able to, um, you know, get get it up out of the ground or whatnot, where it was, it only weighed fifty seven pounds at the time. Gosh, he did compose that bad. That bad or that fast? Dang. Yep. So. Two hundred pounds off like that. Yep. It was only fifty seven pounds when they when they pulled the body out. Did it shrink anything? Was he still the same height? Well, no, yeah, he, he stayed the same height, but I mean, like his skin, skin just basically, yeah, all that fat went away. Wow. Um, they found five bullet holes in the body. Dang. <clears throat> um, they didn't. They didn't find any of the casings, or no, they only found one casing. Uh, and and but they found a half of another one. And they saw that they figured there was two guns that were in play, and um. When the news came out, the all the NBA was shocked, the league was shocked, the people in the in Memphis area, everyone was shocked, and um, nobody was to, uh, nobody was putting it together even at the time that this was close to Cheryl's house. This was only like maybe a mile away from Cheryl's house. Um, so the police the police investigated, and. Um, they had brought in the FBI to check it out. They were trying to find, they couldn't find the guns anywhere. There was no tire tracks. It was, they were kind of like left out. They were kind of talking to Shara, but they didn't think she was a freaking, um, uh, what is it called? Suspect. Suspect. Yeah. So, so on, yeah, it is. Well, you'll see what happens here. And, uh, so August 4th, there was a funeral sort of like Kobe Bryant's in a stadium at the FedEx forum where the Grizzlies played. A packed arena brought people in from all over the Mid South area to say goodbye. College friends, high school, um, a lot of aunt, you know, a lot of NBA players came to pay uh, their tributes to uh, Lorenz and Wright. Um, this is when the police started to look at Shara, and she gave a kind of weird um, uh, testimony or what's that called? A talk at the funeral? A speech? A speech? Yeah. They they kind of, she said a couple things that kind of caught their eye a little bit. Oh, so this this some really smart cops. Yeah, yeah, they were they were looking in the audience for people, and then they looked right at Shara once she started to speak. You know, just some some things didn't sound very kosher. Do you know what she said? Not offhand, it doesn't mention here, but the police kind of like got these like double what's what's it called? Um, like double entendres and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. So um, right away when they when they because she had been very cooperative up until this point. Because granted, this is almost a month later. Um, after the funeral, and it was on TV, local TV, they broadcast it. But afterwards, you know, the police wanted to talk to her, and she said, "You can talk to my lawyer." And she lawyered up. What? Yeah. So they kept wanting to push things on Shara, ask her, but they had nothing. And the lawyer kept shooting them down. So the the case actually went cold. Um. 
Shara, Shara moved on and she kept the house over there in, in Memphis for a couple of years before eventually moving to um, Houston. And then she wound up moving uh, after she was in Houston, she became a preacher and she had her own little sermon, her own little church in Houston. And she got $3 million from his life insurance. And she, be and she began to take more and more money from the estate and including trying to get money that Lorenzo had uh, promised his family, his parents and his siblings. So, yeah, so they're in court for a couple years after this, just battling it out as they're trying to fight over the money. Um, she kept buying extravagant things and the money that was supposedly tucked away for the kids college funds. She started to dip into that and the money that was being paid out to her to mm. take care of the kids she was spending it on herself, not the kids. Mm. Mm -hmm. They were investigating that, huh? Yeah, so there was a ton of circumstantial stuff, but they had nothing ironclad. But what do you think gave this away that the that the police got in got in more involved? What do you think happened? I think I know the answer. Okay, let's see if Gabby can get this because if she can get this, I know this whole story. No, I knew some of it. I knew about, cause, you know, I like what basketball. What happened next? Yeah, what do you think got the police onto her? What do you think she did? What do you think she did? Because this, this is a tough one. What do you think she did publicly that got her into trouble? Her moron self admitted to some things about his, or she mentioned things about his death that nobody else knew. What do you think, Matt? If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, from what I do remember, I think she wrote like a book, like if I did it or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's it. All right. That's it. Yeah. Gabby was close, yeah. but you were close. Matt that's nailed it. him? Yeah. Oh, dear. Okay. I should have known that. So this, this book is Mr. Tell Me Anything. <laughs> As she wrote it, <laughs> it was supposedly a fictional book, but it was literally about a, mar a woman marrying an NBA player and the man cheating on her and telling her mm -hmm. all the right things to keep her in the house. Yep. And she even admits in the, in the, the book that it was the main character was abusive, both uh, physically and mentally like Lorenzen. Um, wow. Yeah, so she she admits to uh, the um, she admits that the character was uh, was just I guess based off of Lorenzen, which this brought up a lot of a uh, lot of questions to the police because why would you write something like that? Exactly. Yeah. So um, she would tell the uh, she would be interviewed by somebody in Houston. She'd lay it out there and she'd she'd say, "Hey, I'm you know the book was really good. The first one, I'm going to write a second one." And, what an idiot. and the the uh, the guy's like, well, what's the second one about? And about uh, what happened to the body? What happened to the player? Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. <laughs> yes. Um. So she uh, she wound up moving to Los Angeles to further her career, to get more money as a book writer. Yes, as a book writer. And this as is an idiot book writer. Yes, in 2017. Um, she moved to so seven years after. Sorry, so se this is seven years after he's been murdered. Yes, seven years after. Wow. And uh, she moved to your backyard again. Uh oh, she moved to Riverside. Oh, that's right up the street from us. Yep. Uh, but at the same time as she moving to California, trying to further her life, and she thinks that everything's out the way. Mm hmm. A man by the name of Jimmy Wright, who just murdered his girlfriend in Mississippi, tells investigators that I know what happened to Lorenzo. Ooh. Yep. So this dude who just murdered his girl is about to basically spill the beans. Yeah, he's basically telling the police, like, look, if you get me to the right person and you could shave off, I know I'm going to do some time, but if I don't get life, I will tell you what happened to that big case that you guys can't solve. And... The police were like, look, hey, you're probably just trying to get yourself out of this. We don't really believe you. You know, we need some evidence. And um, he's like, okay, I got you. He goes, I could tell you where the murder weapons are. And 
he takes him to a remote lake in Mississippi, and right then and there, there's the two guns at the bottom of the Dang. lake when he searched. And it's still there after it's, seven years. It's still there. Yeah, it's at the bottom of the lake, dude. Wow. So basically, they took the two guns, put a brick in the bag, and they threw it in the water, and it sank to the bottom. He told them exactly what lake it was. He was there. He showed them. They said, look in that little area. They got the guns. Then they took them back to jail because they're like, well, you could that could just be somebody else's guns. We got we got to trace. We got to uh, make sure the markings are the same as the bullet casings we got. And sure enough, a week later, they matched up. So he's telling yeah. he's telling the truth. So he said Billy Ray Turner was a landscaper that worked for Lorenzen and was one of his homies that took care of his property. He said that Lorenz that uh, while Lorenzen was gone, Billy Ray Turner would sleep with Shara, and that Shara convinced the two to go to Atlanta to put a hit on him. And she said that she would give him the insurance money that they can split it and take a, a million and a half dollars each. And so they went to Atlanta, but lucky for Lorenzo that particular day, Lorenzo had like a, a what is it, a, a signing for, for cards and whatnot. Oh, autograph signing. Yeah, autograph signing, and he wasn't home. Mm. So they met, So they were in his condo waiting to ambush and kill him. Dang, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he got away with that. But then two months later, Shara concocted the idea of, hey, come see your daughter and then what happened was, well, here's what happened right here. Uh, Jimmy said that the, uh, they were called to uh, meet at that little street, that, you know, that little back access road. And mm-hmm. they were waiting for Shara. Shara picked up Lorenzo and said, hey, can you come to the store with me? He comes to the store. Uh, they get to uh, that little spot. The lights turn out. They come out of the, the bushes. Lorenzo gets out, tries to run, and is shot three times before he gets on the phone, makes the call, and he's finished a couple more shots into it. Dang. Yeah. So that's not... So I I knew he was in the car. I didn't know how it got to that point or what, how they get to that area. That I didn't know. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. Dang. So they were already waiting for him there in that area. Yep, yep. And what happened was that she didn't know. Um, after this is all done, the cops couldn't believe it. They had the whole story, but they still needed to incriminate Shara. So they had Jimmy get on the phone with her. They She didn't know he was already arrested. And he started asking for the money because she hadn't paid him yet. And, uh, you know, she hadn't paid him all of it anyway. And um, he was asking for more money. And he actually got her to say some incriminating things. And, and uh, they they also picked up um, the other gentleman, which uh, what's his name again, um, Billy Ray, and they were able to find out that yes, it was true. She was uh, he was offered sex initially, but uh, you know, uh, Bill, Billy Billy wanted money, so she offered to pay him as well. And Billy uh, Billy said that uh, that or they, they found out that Billy was the shooter. But when they talked to Jimmy, Jimmy said, "I didn't shoot." It was Billy, but, you know, the cops were just like, you know what? Um, we're going to give Jimmy 20 years for killing his girlfriend, but we're not going to give him anything on this because he helped solve the case. So Jimmy saved his butt. So he's actually, because he told what he told, he's actually due out. Uh, let's see. that was He's due out in, uh, on good behavior, I think, in the next four or five years. Wow. So he's already el- he's going to be eligible for parole coming up here pretty soon. Wow. Yep. So that he only got twenty years for killing his girlfriend. Yeah, that's all he got, and he could get out in fifteen. That's weak. Stupid. Yep. That's weak. So after all this, Shara was arrested in Riverside, uh, California. Once they had her on the conspiracy and the tapes, they were trying to prove murder on her, but they couldn't get fingerprints or get uh, Jimmy to say that she pulled the trigger. So um, she went to jail. In in uh, in jail, she was uh, convicted of uh, first degree murder. Uh, but the ev- with all the evidence, or she went to went to jail for uh, conspiracy and first degree murder. And uh, but she pleaded uh, guilty as a as she would actually turn the tide 
and plead for um, facilitating or plotting a murder instead of the actual murder. And um, she was, uh, what is it called? Um, she was sentenced to 30 years in prison. And that was, oh, in, yeah, that was in 2017 or 18. Oh, dang. Yeah, so she got 30 years in 18. And the thing is, though, because of the facilitating circumstances instead of first degree, she's actually due for parole or she can get out in nine years from that, which would be 2027. Oh, dang. So she only got, what, six more years? Yeah. And she can already uh, fight for parole, which they're saying that there's a good chance she can get it. Wow. Yep. I think people are going to make sure she doesn't. I, I hope not. And I, I have heard, though, the updates on this story is that she's not the model prisoner. If you've seen what she looks like now compared to what she looked like before she was oh, yeah. arrested, she looks like a hot mess. Like she looks like yeah. she looks like a WNBA player. She does not look good. Don't go there. Tom. I'm just saying <laughs> she doesn't. She does not look good. Yeah. Yeah. What What's her name again? Uh, Shara, I forgot her last name. Just look up Lorenzo Wright. Lorenzo Wright, wife. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, Billy Ray? So Billy Ray is currently, uh, he his story's not done. Now, when he was gonna get what? when he was gonna get sentenced, COVID hit, and so his case took a back burner. He's still incarcerated in the Memphis Correctional uh, System, but he actually does not face the court and the judge his court date is literally this month and he he is facing life in prison right now so his his story is not completely done yet but um jimmy jimmy should be out maybe the same time freaking uh uh shara gets out of prison you know it could be around the same time yeah but billy uh billy is uh being sentenced they've got the gun charge on him first degree murder i'm pretty sure he's going to uh jail for life I don't think he's going wow. you know, I don't think he's going to get parole but his his uh, and, and one other thing to this story before I close it out what's very sad about this story is that the children who are now mostly either teenagers or adults have completely sided with their mom despite all the evidence this, what? yes and they want nothing to do with a grandma who has been fighting for the kids and for them to come home or at least be a part of their lives at the sentencing for Shara, she pleaded with Shara to talk to the kids to let them back into her life, and Shara just ignored her and didn't say anything. What? Yep. And that's Lorenzen's mom. Yes, that's Lorenzen's mom, Lorenzen Jr. And what's sad about it is Lorenzen Jr. Um, is actually in college right now playing basketball, and his two sons are high school Juco number ones, the, the, the twins. They're both uh-huh. playing high, uh, high-end basketball in the Memphis area, and they are go- uh, already recruited to a college. So wow. his, his sons are following his footsteps, um, but the grandma has no ties with them. They've excommunicated themselves from uh, the grandma, which is sad because she did nothing but love her son. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. That is so – I don't understand that. Like, she's the reason your father is dead. How can you side with her? I have no idea. They, they, they've they literally got loyalty to Shara, even though there's mountains of evidence showing that she offed their dad. Wow. Something they liked here. And we're, she admitted it herself. We're looking at the picture of her right now. Rough, ain't she it? She looked like... Whew, she looked like she had a bad year. You can go okay. back to... Like I think, type in Lorenzen or Shara when she's younger, or just click on her name when she, she's a looker when she's younger. But oh man, not when she went to prison. Mm-mm. Now when you look at her, you just oh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good lord, yeah. What happened there? Yeah, man. I thought you're supposed to lose weight when you go to prison, not gain weight. Oh, she gained it all. She ate all the prisoners. She looked like, <laughs> dude. She's like, are you going to eat that bottle of Crisco? No, nah, Bertha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And Dang, get, and get this one last thing about Shara. She's, she's had multiple issues in prison, including one freak out where she attacked three officers. 
Um, Ooh, she's been put into good. solitary confinement because of behavior uh, attacking other prisoners. Yet she's still up for parole <laughs> in a couple of years. Like that hasn't hurt her time. I don't understand. Yeah, no, no. She, she Todd, I don't know where you see that she was a looker because <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I saw a very early picture when she was in high school. I'm just saying, I'm going by what people said, okay? I wasn't there. <laughs> when she was younger, she was decent. She was just decent. Okay. I to mean, me. Yeah, I I I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have did a double take on her back in the day. <laughs> you that is me. You're yeah. like you're like jealous of what? <laughs> well, I was like, okay, she's twenty four, you're seventeen. Cool. <laughs> nah, Which... but dang, dude. Yeah, see some of the details that you mentioned I had no idea. But I did know this story a little bit because you know I followed the NBA. Mm. I looked into it, but like I didn't know how he was set up. And the dispatcher, it, I, I <laughs> didn't they trace it the call to like Atlanta or something like that? Some somewhere it got mixed up, right? Where it went back to Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> well, on the cell phone it said Atlanta because that was the area code. But if uh-huh. they, if they would have traced the actual where the the where it pinged off the cell tower. Because that's mm-hmm. how that's how they figured it out. Like, oh, it's that yeah. cell tower right there. Yeah. But if they would have did that, then you know, it would have. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think that's what happened. Because it said Atlanta, they traced it all the way to Atlanta, so it it could have saved them a few days if they would have traced it, like you said, on the ping. Mm-hmm. You know, but but yeah, that dispatcher, she should have got reprimanded. Yeah, she should have been fired, like Gab said. Yeah, easily, easily. Mm-hmm. easily. But man, you know. You know, R.I.P. to Lorenzo Wright. You know, that was a trap. You know, I remember that on the news on the NBA in 2010 when they said he died. He had a pretty, he had a pretty decent career. And then in Memphis, I didn't realize how much of a mega superstar he was in Memphis. Yeah, he was. When you the, were there firsthand. You said, you know, they, he was like a celebrity. Yeah, he was their dude because, I mean, basically the city of Memphis, over there they like college sports more than they do, mm-hmm. um, you know, pro sports. So he was mm-hmm. not only a high school Superstar in the Memphis area, which made it onto TV at the McDonald's All American stuff like that. He was good in the community. He was a Memphis Tiger. They love the Memphis Tigers over there. And then he became a Memphis Grizzly. So he was the home, like he was the city's homeboy. You know what I mean? He he was yeah their basketball elves. Homebred. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. Dang, that sucks. Well, I honestly hope that they don't see the light of day. You know, kudos to the other gentleman who ratted him. So, ratted on the other two to get his. You know, it's, he still did the crime. So, you know, regardless of whether he admitted it or not. I mean, if he was making a deal to not get life for this, he should have still got life for his. For his, act, exactly. They have know. nothing to do with each other. That was stupid. I agree, guys. I guess they favored the high-profile case. I think that's what it was too. They want yeah. they, they wanted it solved, and and at mm-hmm. at that cost, they were willing to go to bed sleeping okay with it. I wouldn't have like Gabby. Gabby, I wouldn't have either. Yeah, Gabby wouldn't have went through that. She would have been like, "Yeah, you're still getting screwed. You could tell me what's up, but you're still getting, you know, yeah. you're still gonna get." I would have made it seem like, "Oh yeah, yeah, work with us. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for everything you did for us. Hey, my man." His life. <laughs> I would have been like, so I'll make sure you don't get life for it. But yeah. I wouldn't be mentioning the one before that. Like, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would have been like, yeah, I told you you wasn't going to get life for Lorenzo. But you're going to get life for, for your girlfriend. We don't even know who her name is. At least <laughs> at least make him serve 25 for killing his girlfriend. Don't let him out early. You know, and they're going to exactly. let him they're going to let him out early. And I think he had something. I think he was a shooter too, because it was two guns. Oh, it was two guns. Yeah, she didn't do it. The wife yeah. didn't do it. The, the wife couldn't couldn't possibly do it. So it was, it was most likely him too. And um, you know, he gets off scot free. So yeah, terrible. Sucks, man. Sucks. There's the justice system for you. Exactly. Unfortunately, we have a lot of these cases too, where the ending you're like expecting swift justice, and you just don't get it. Exactly, they all should. They all should serve life. Yep. Yeah, but you know, we're not the judge on this. One. No, we're not. But uh, that sucks. 
Yeah, I knew pieces of the story. I didn't. I didn't connect the name. I forgot the name. Yeah, because I showed her it uh, maybe a year ago, two years ago. Yeah, you had told me about I it. I told her about it. And, oh. um, yeah. So, but like I said, I'm, I'm glad you did the story because there was a lot of details that I didn't know. So, you know, you you brought light to it. So, thank you, sir. No problem. And thank you guys for listening in. This has been another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast. If you like to follow us, go to our Facebook page and our Instagram page. Just type in the Grinding True Crime Podcast. Or if you like to listen to us when you're driving or on the long road or you just like crime podcasts, just listen to us on your podcast stream, such as iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, uh, all the all the podcast <laughs> streams that you listen to. Um, Anchor as well. And thank you guys for listening. For those who listen to us from the other countries, we appreciate it. For those who are local, we definitely appreciate it as well. And for our newcomers, thank you for listening. This has been another episode. This is your host, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, Gabby. And we are signing off. Toodles. Peace.